With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. If you've been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I. Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. We're about to have ourselves a defensive battle in the Big 12, and I, weirdly enough, am looking forward to it. I am Philip Slavin. And I am co-host and extraordinaire, and I'll keep this playing out as long as possible, Chris Ross. And this is the 10-12 podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 conference. Okay, hold on a second. What was that? I mean, it's fine. I'm cool with it. I just was okay. Let's just get, we'll just we're just gonna roll on. Uh, yeah, defensive battle. We have our game of the week preview because it's Wednesday, and we're talking Kansas State, Baylor. The Bears are headed to Manhattan to face the Wildcats for the you know, surprisingly. This matchup has only been played sixteen times before. I, it's I I I just I don't, I know that the North and the South and and yada yada yada, but sorry, eighteen times. Well, they played each other every other year when it was, you know, the North and South. And the Big 12 yeah. only been around since 1998. So, I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Were they Were they not? I guess they weren't Big 8 members. No, uh, Baylor was not. Baylor was part of the Yeah, and, and they weren't Southwestern the members Kansas State together. Big 8, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, 18 times. Think about the 18 matchups. Kansas State leads the series 9-7, to which sounds like it might actually be the score of this game with two of the better defenses in the Big 12. Very excited for this preview. Riley Gates of GoPowerCat.com and Stephen Cook of Sikkim Sports join us. Actually, funny story. So as we wrapped up this interview, uh, we were just chatting as we do, and I wish that we had kept rolling uh, because and Kansas State fans know this now. Literally right as we had finished, 
Backup quarterback John Holcomb tweeted out that he was entering the transfer portal. I happened to bring this up to Riley, and um, uh, his reaction was as such that he had not known about it, and I think uh, that <laughs> ruined his evening, uh, and he had to leave very quickly. So, some curse words were said. Um, it was pretty funny. I really wish we were rolling at the time. Uh, it's unfortunate news for the for the Wildcats, but it was uh, it, it was funny to kind of break that to him. And his raw reaction was not good. So uh, yeah, tough loss there for uh, Kansas State. Yeah, that's it's not the only tough loss for the Wildcats. Obviously, Malik Knowles is out and expected to be out for Ooh, this look game. Look at that transition. Yeah, thank you. I'm getting better at this sometimes. Um, that's going to be big for this game. We will talk about that. We will talk about Skylar Thompson, Charlie Brewer, the defenses in this game. And uh, we're going to talk to Stephen a little bit about Matt Rule's extension that he just signed at Baylor and uh, and what he thinks the impact of that will be, which is not necessarily something on the field. It's a really good preview. I think you guys are going to like it. Before we get to it, Look, um, there's no more Big 12 football games on ESPN+. Plus. There's not supposed to be. That's that's what they told us. We'll see. Um, they may throw another one at us. And frankly, until they get their camera issues fixed uh, after the, the problems that popped up in the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game, I'd rather they didn't show any more bad football games because, you know, A, losing the oh, signal. So now that point. they messed up against Oklahoma State, now you're you're off the train. I'm not off the train. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm not off the ESPN Plus. I'm not sitting here being like, ESPN minus. <laughs> I'm so clever. Uh, it's ESPN Plus. They obviously had some issues. It's not up to the standard that it needs to be, and they need to work on it. But that doesn't mean that I'm not happy to have it. Because A, there are, I can't even remember the number of men's and women's basketball games that are going to be on there. Non-conference and mm-hmm. conference as well. So if you're a fan of a Big 12 school that's good at basketball, you like watching them at basketball game, uh, Kansas State included, you're going to want to have ESPN+. Plus. You're not going to get to catch every game this season. I, as you all know, I'm an Oklahoma State fan and uh, I'm a fan of watching the Oklahoma State women's soccer team. I am glad that I have ESPN+, Plus because the OSU-Kansas game that is this coming weekend will be on there and I will be watching it. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, I don't know if I'd put the camera angles on ESPN+. Plus. The one uh, um, technical difficulty period was uh, a little bit rough, and that's 100% on them. But the camera, I mean, let's ESPN knows how to shoot a football game, right? Like, so that, maybe it was the production crew, I don't know, maybe it was just an off night, but yeah. Wow. Say la vie. So be it. So if you are not signed up for ESPN Plus yet, you need to go ahead and do so. You can do so. Simply by visiting our Twitter page at ten twelve podcast T E N the number twelve the word podcast there is a tweet pinned to the top we're gonna to put a new one because the old one's a little dated the link is still good so if doesn't matter whatever tweet is pinned there there is a link go ahead and click it get yourself signed up and do not miss a single minute of the Big Twelve Now action on ESPN Plus so just to go through that again go to our Twitter. At 1012 Podcast, T E N, the number 12, the word podcast. Find the tweet pinned to the top, click the link, and start watching. So, our big game of the week is a lot more interesting than we thought at the start of the season. Baylor sitting at 4 0, Kansas State at 3 1. And I, I got to be honest, there's this is easily, to me, the most interesting game of the weekend and could decide a lot of things as far as pecking order in the Big 12 moving forward. And of course, as our big game, we've got two fantastic guests joining the show. Riley Gates from GoPowerCat.com is here. Riley, welcome back, man. Yeah, always happy to be on here with you guys. It's always a lot of fun. 
Also have Stephen Cook of Sikkim Sports joining us today. Stephen, welcome back to the 1012, man. Hey, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. So let's start here. Both teams have played four games. Uh, Baylor sitting at 4-0, Kansas State at 3-1. and uh, And I feel like they're in very different positions, not just based off of record, but kind of what we think about these two teams at the moment. Uh, I'll be I'll be up front. Uh, my power rankings this week, I have Baylor number four and, and Kansas State number five. I think they're both two of the better teams in the conference this year, unless Iowa State starts to figure things out. So, Riley, I, I kind of want to start with you. You know, obviously that 3-0 start was big and then had a bye week and, and, and the, uh, the Oklahoma State game was just kind of a little bit of a letdown. What is the feeling around Manhattan at this point after, you know, what, what felt like a really, really good start and then just kind of a letdown of a performance last week? Well, obviously uh, a disappointment, no doubt. Um, you know, you're flying high, you're, you're 3-0, you just won at, at an SEC school and you have a chance to really continue climbing the rankings and make a big splash to Oklahoma State. And, and, you know, not only did you swing and miss, you swing and you missed and you kind of fell flat on your butt um, at home plate. And now everybody's kind of laughing at you. I mean, that's that's a good way to put it, I think. Um, you know, it, it's definitely a punch to the gut because I think K-State and K-State fans realize both. Like, okay, maybe we're not invincible. Maybe maybe things aren't um, as as perfect right now as, as we would like them to be. I think that's kind of what's going through people's minds. Um, but also at the same time, nobody's hitting the panic button. Everybody knew coming into this season, like, okay, hey, it's, it's, it's a new coaching staff. It's still, you know, lacking the necessary talent, and necessary depth um, to be a really successful uh, Big 12 football team, you know, push to the top. So kind of in the middle right now, um, obviously Oklahoma State, heck of a heck of a football team, heck of a, a group of guys in terms of skill position players. But, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's panicking too much yet. I think kind of want to see how they play out against teams more on their level, you know, Baylor, um, TCU, maybe, maybe Texas tech to a little bit, you know, kind of see where they're sitting, sitting in the big 12 pack as compared to, you know, Hey, let's, let's put us up against uh, the top teams in the big 12. Steven, kind of a similar question, Baylor four, no non-conference schedule. Let's be blunt, not impressive, but I mean, being, being honest, uh, but the win over Iowa state, I know that they're, they're two and two at this point, but that win over Iowa State was something to, to kind of raise your eyebrow at, both both in how they won, getting it to the twenty point lead, and then and then hanging on at the end there and getting the W there at home. So what is what are the expectations now in Waco for this team kind of moving forward? Well, you know, anytime a team's four and zero, the fans are you know pretty convinced they're going to the playoffs. But I think Baylor has a more realistic expectation right now that they recognize that the teams they've beaten are combined four and 14 and uh, they have not really put together in the last two games they haven't had a complete game they were solid in the first half against Rice and then they didn't score in the second half against Iowa State they held Iowa State scoreless for three quarters, which is pretty impressive. But then Iowa State scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Baylor's good enough to win, but they're not good enough to win without maximum effort. Uh, and that's part of what Matt Rule keeps preaching is trust the process and make sure that you do your job and 
just take care of business. There a lot there's a lot fewer distractions around the team now. As you, you said that, like anytime you're four and zero, that you think you're going to the playoffs. But the reality is that you know it was a little bit shaky against Race, uh, and, and then you know they, they sealed it out fine. Uh, but then last week, I mean, I will I will give Baylor credit because that was a big answer to go back and get that field goal uh, when everything was going against you in that fourth quarter. It, it didn't look good when when Iowa State grabbed the lead. Uh, so is this uh, is this? I mean, it's a four and zero, but it's a pretty shaky four and zero. Um, is there any kind of worry about like what expectations are for this year and meeting those? Well, if there are, the Baylor people aren't talking. Uh, they're talking like they're very confident. Uh, the Bears entered into this season thinking that they could be uh, kind of the dark horse to push uh, Oklahoma and to push Texas and uh uh, you know, and the Iowa State game, that was Rule's first win against Matt Campbell. So that was that was one of their tick marks. But they understand going into Kansas State that this is a team that has, you know, I think all five of their offensive starting offensive linemen are seniors. Uh, Skylar Thompson's been around for a while. They've got a couple of graduate transfer senior running backs. This is a team that has a lot of experience and it's a team that'll smack you in the mouth. Uh, you know, that hasn't changed since Snyder left. The Kansas state will still hit you. And I think Baylor understands this. So I know we're the big 12. That means we like to talk about offense, but I actually want to start with the defense. I thought both teams last weekend had impressive defensive performances. We talked about Baylor who held Iowa state scoreless in the first three quarters until that, that fourth quarter explosion. Uh, I do think they got, you know, that heat was unbearable. They got tired. Kansas State, I know that they the offense really looked bad, but your defense did hold Oklahoma State to, to 26 points. And, and I'll just say as an Oklahoma State fan, if you'd have told me before the game OSU was going to score 26, I'd assumed they would have lost, but that's that's what happened. So this, I know that the, the, the tr- national perception is the Big 12 doesn't play defense. I think everybody who covers the Big 12 knows that that is a massive overstatement and just lazy. But I, I, you can argue that they haven't had the talent on defense, obviously, that conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC do. But, you know, with the the way that Big 12 is changing, the way they're in office, the changes that, that Campbell has brought, um, the defensive styles that Campbell and that, that Gary Patterson run, and, and then now what you're seeing from Coach Kleiman at Kansas State, and rather, I'm going to let you take this one first. Do, are we, is this a game where we're going to see more defense? And is that something we're going to start seeing more in the Big 12? Is Obviously, you have Oklahoma, but more teams able to perform better on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I sure hope it's going that way. Um, I think Kansas State's going that way right now. Um, you know, in, in fairness, they have a very senior-laden defense. A lot of guys have been there for a while, so things could change moving forward. Um, but I feel like it's, it's a program right now that's moving towards we want to have a good offense, yes, but if we can have a really good defense, we're going to have a chance. Look, K-State played horrible um, on Saturday against Oklahoma State, and yet they the defense still gave K-State every chance to win that game. I mean, you know, Oklahoma State should have won by 40 if you really look at it. You know, they, they, were, they kicked four field goals. I mean, they, they get in the red zone four times, defense buckles down. Um, very impressed by that. You know, yes, they gave up an 84-yard touchdown round to Chuba Hubbard. Yes, they gave up a 55-yard bomb to Tylen Wallace. Um, that you know, those plays can't happen. Those are the types of plays that you need to eliminate as a conference because those are the ones that 
just paint the narrative, oh, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. Chuba wasn't touched on that play. So, but but overall, when you look at the performance, yes, K-State had some letdowns. Yes, Oklahoma State gave up some yards or had some yards on K-State. But K-State's defense played really well in that game. Um, and I think that's where the confusion comes nationally. You know, oh, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. Look, Oklahoma <laughs> State had 500-some yards against K-State. Well, yeah, but it, it was a pretty good defensive performance. I think this could be one, yes, that we look at and we say, these are two teams that play really good defense against each other, and that's what's making it a really good game right now. Um, we saw how good Baylor, you know, uh, now granted, I didn't see every second of the Baylor game, full disclosure, maybe there were some things that, that points didn't show necessarily, um, the box scores didn't show, but Iowa State scoring only 21 points. I got to, you know, I got to think that you got to feel pretty good about your defense as a Baylor fan. I think K-State fans feel really good about their defense right now, and um, I think we could see a, a pretty low-scoring game in this one. Steven, what what have you seen from Baylor's defense that has impressed you the most this season so far? Well, going into the season, there were a lot of concerns about the defensive line. And uh, the three starters, uh, James Lockhart, Bravian Roy, and James Lynch, have been very solid. Uh, Bravian Roy, as, as a nose tackle, is making a lot of plays, and he's getting into the backfield. And, you know, nose tackles usually, they're kind of like fire plugs. But Brady and Roy is actually forcing offensive lines back. So the line has been, the defensive line, I think, has been impressive. They've got uh, uh, Clay Johnston uh, as the uh, as one of the linebackers. Uh, I think he was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week this week. Uh, he's been playing really solid. He's very game knowledgeable. Uh, one of the guys that could break out, Blake Lynch, is a... Uh, uh, is uh, playing uh, kind of a, a hybrid, kind of a uh, linebacker, and he'll kind of he can still slide back and cover some. Uh, and they haven't given up a lot of big bombs, which was a problem for them in previous years. So uh, you know their their defense has looked pretty solid so far. In the fourth quarter against Iowa State, what happened? Uh, I don't know if you went to Big Twelve Media Days, but Everybody was talking about the tight end, but when was the last time you saw a tight end sighting in the Big 12? And <laughs> and and their tight end, you know, got in there and you know made some plays in the fourth quarter, and uh, that was that was really the the key to their offense. That Baylor held their wide receivers in check pretty well, and uh, they held the running game in check well. Chris, you and I have been um, kind of. I want to say founding members, but uh, on the board of the Charlie Brewer fan club this summer. Mm-hmm. That seems about accurate. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at him so far this season, Stephen, uh, overall, um, you could say he's having a better year than his first two, as you would expect. He's got the highest QBR of, of his career so far. But uh, Iowa State was obviously a bit of a drop-off. Now, that is, Iowa State has a really good defense. It was by far the best defense that Baylor had seen this season. Um, so I'm curious coming into this game, what have you seen from Charlie Brewer? Do you think he's taken a step forward this season? Uh, was that just an increase in competition kind of kind of knocked him down a little bit? Can you expect him to to play better against Kansas State? Or is is he maybe some of the numbers a little bit deceiving and he's not as good as he was before? Uh, Charlie Brewer is, in my opinion, uh, one of uh, – one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12. He doesn't have a big arm. He's never had a big arm. 
try, uh, he's a good scrambler. He's got an he's got a good enough arm, but I think that the real strength of Charlie Brewer is that the moment doesn't get too big for him. Uh, you know, last year he drove to win the game against uh, Kansas State with field goal. He uh, made a drive against Oklahoma State and drove down to inside the Texas 20. And then this year, you know, he took and he drove them down for the field goal at the end of the Iowa State game. And that is really Brewer's strength is that he just does not get shook up. So, uh, no, I think he's he's the quarterback Baylor needs. They're in big trouble without him. So you, you mentioned about, uh, you know, Brewer being clutch. I want to ask about another clutch player here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to call him clutch despite the kicking uh, woes. <laughs> but that field goal at the end uh, for, the, for his first career field goal, that was absolutely amazing. You know, this matchup is going to be, you know, like Philip said, it might be kind of more defensive than we're used to for a Big 12 matchup especially considering K-State's style of play. If this becomes a kicking contest, is there any concern, or did making that field goal kind of put all that behind you? Well, uh, Mayer's been completing field goals in practice, according to Coach Rule, from like 45, 50 yards. Uh, He said, you know, earlier in the season, we wanted to get that first field goal under his belt. And he said, I knew he could do it, but he has to do it before he knows he can do it and uh you know so uh he he made it that time and we'll just have to see what happens now they did have a missed pat but that pat was on a fumble on the uh watch snap. yeah the the botch snap not on mayor and he missed the 38 yarder uh earlier mm-hmm. but you know but he made the 38 yard in in the clutch so uh that's all know, that matters right yeah and as far as can he do it this week we'll know when we know <laughs> so sticking with quarterbacks riley you know the, the first two games of the season skylar thompson looked like he looked like a completely different quarterback he, he seemed poised he was playing well he was very effective uh but then in stillwater last saturday it, it was um it was it was bad. He, he looked more like he did uh, last year, um, going in and out quite a bit. I'm um, I'm curious from you, who is the real Skylar Thompson this season? Is he is he the guy we saw in Stillwater, uh, the guy we saw against Mississippi State, or is it just somewhere in between? Uh, I think it's you know confidence wise, he's absolutely the guy we've seen in the first three games, and. Uh, in terms of confidence composure it was nothing like he was at Oklahoma state. He got frustrated on Saturday in Stillwater, um, you know, and, and rightfully so the offense wasn't clicking and he was trying to put a lot on his shoulders. And I think that's something we can't underestimate. We can't, uh, you know, I can't emphasize enough how much I think he, he put that game on himself when all in all reality it was kind of the, you know, it was the offense as a whole that really needed to pick it up, um, do a lot better job overall. Skylar Thompson has flaws. Every quarterback has flaws. Skylar Thompson at times doesn't make the the, the right throws. Um, he definitely missed a lot of wide open receivers on Saturday. He just didn't see him when he was going through his progressions. Uh, Skylar Thompson was leaving the pocket way too soon. It was almost like he thought Oklahoma state was about to sack him. And in all reality, he still could have stepped up in the pocket and gone and made a throw. So 
he still needs to improve on things like that. Um, he's still lacking in that category, if you ask me. But he's far better than what we saw on Saturday. Um, I think, honestly, I think Saturday was just a collection of a lot of things that was working Oklahoma State's way. I, I don't know how many teams would have beaten them um, with a performance like that in the Big 12. So they just they played really well. They rattled Skyler. We're going to see him bounce back. I mean, I'm sure of it. We'll, we'll see him bounce back. But what does bounce back mean? You know, does it mean he'll go and throw for 250 yards and three scores? Does it mean, you know, whatever? I, I don't think so. The problem we're against him right now is he's lost his best receiver. Malik Knowles is still out. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know for certain on Saturday yet. It's 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 still unclear at this point. But um, I, I, I got to think that he's probably not going to play. Even if he does play, how effective is he going to be? Um, still battling that injury. So a lot of things are working against Skylar Thompson right now. He doesn't have a lot of depth at receiver. Um, at times he was, he didn't have all day to throw, but I, I there's no way that's going to continue on a trend like he had at Oklahoma state. That was just a really bad game. You know, chalk it up to chalk it up to just not being your night. If you ask me, I, I think we're going to see him bounce back in a big way. Can I jump in and ask a question uh, on, on that? Yeah. Do you think that rain delay had an effect because I don't know. I I just know that with college kids that sometimes when you get an hour delay during a game, sometimes it's hard to get concentration. And second question, is there a little bit of a shift from the Snyder style offense to Chris Kleiman's offense that Skyler's kind of having to change his style? Well, number one, um, the rain delay, yeah, I think it definitely affected, but also I think it, it probably uh, helped K-State. I think that could have gotten really out of hand. Um, I think it might have thrown Oklahoma State off a little bit, honestly. Uh, but it but it doesn't mean it, it, it was good for K-State either. I think it just made it maybe a little bit less bad. Um, so I, I, I don't put tons of stock into the rain delay for Skyler. Um, it's a different system, no doubt, and, and he's still probably trying to adjust to it, but it's a system that – he, he fits better in. Um, Skylar Thompson is better suited to play in Chris Kleiman and Courtney Messingham's offense than he was in Bill Snyder's offense, you know, with the, the collection of offensive coordinators he's had throughout the year. You know, he's not being used as a battering ram. Um, he can run the ball. We saw that, you know, Oklahoma State, he picked up an, an awesome first down after an amazing play fake that I think he sold everybody on, uh, myself included. So when asked to, he can run the ball and he can run the ball effectively but he can't be used as the battering ram like Bill Snyder wanted to make him for the last two years. And he isn't being used that way in Chris Kleiman's offense. I think it's benefiting him. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mean to continue to throw receivers under the bus, but they got to get separation. You know, Skyler can throw some, some pretty impressive balls and he can put them right in the, right in people's bread baskets at times, but he, he cannot be asked to to throw to a double covered receiver and, and complete the pass. That's just being, that's just a lot being um, asked of him. So I'm really interested to see how they how they improve moving forward. Um, once that run game gets established against Baylor, assuming that they can establish it, that'll make things a lot easier for him. You, you kind of touched on a couple things I wanted to talk about because, yeah, Skylar Thompson through the first three games in uh, Kleinman's system has been – I mean, he caught our attention. We started talking about him, like, where, where did he come from? You know, this isn't the Skylar Thompson we're used to seeing. Uh, he's really showing out. And then last week against Oklahoma State – Without Malik Knowles, it was entirely different. He went from completing like 65% of his passes to 47%. It was just a bad day in general. Um, 
so without Malik Knowles going in this matchup, who who do they have to step up and at least give uh, Thompson someone to throw to? That's a great question. If you find the answer for it, you should let me know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, they, they got options. You know, Dalton Schoen, currently the leading leading receiver on the team. He's got 10 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and and he's, he's a solid receiver that can catch balls when needed, but he's not going to get that needed separation. He's not going to be a lethal threat that you have to worry about. Um, they have some guys, you know, Sebastian Taylor, a big body guy that I think has a lot of potential, but just has not been utilized much this year. Viking Gill is, was raved about all summer, but we just haven't seen a whole lot out of him. Um, and they're thrown to the tight ends a little bit, you know, uh, this is an offense that's going to utilize tight ends. We saw them throw to Sammy Wheeler right out of the weather delay. It was a 39 yard reception. We saw them throw a deep bomb to Nick Lenners. Um, unfortunately it was incomplete, but it, it was a heck of a pass. It was just a hair too long. They have some guys, but the problem is when you lose Malik, you know, right now, everybody in their system with Malik Knowles out, you know, Dalton Schoen, Landry Weber, Wyken Gill, these are all guys that were walk-ons. They don't have anybody that came to the program that was a set scholarship receiver outside of Sebastian Taylor Malik Knowles, you know, you go down a list a little bit, yeah, you'll find some Josh Youngblood, but the main guys have all been former walk-ons. And I'm not saying that walk-ons don't translate into something special at times. Obviously, they do. Obviously, some of these guys have impressed uh, impressed the K-State staff very well. But at the end of the day, they are not going to be the talented players that can beat scholarship cornerbacks on on routes all the time. And, and that's what's working against them a lot right now. Somebody has to step up. I don't know if it's Dalton Schoen. I don't know if it's Sebastian Taylor finally living up to the hype that we have put around him. I don't know if it's Josh Youngblood coming out of the works as, you know, the the hyped up true freshman that that was built up all summer. But somebody has to because, you know, uh, I'm not saying Skyler was perfect, but he sure would have been a lot better if some of those receivers uh, had given him a little bit more to work with on Saturday. All right, so let's wrap up on this. Um, right now, the line is currently that uh, that Kansas State is a two point favorite. Riley, if you if you had to make a pick in this game, what are you going with? Uh, well, full disclosure, have not di- I've not gone as deep into this game yet as I have um, with a lot of other games. Uh, just haven't had it's been a crazy week so far already. Um, but I do like I like K State to bounce back. Um, I was not impressed with Baylor's. Uh, for lack of a better term, collapse there at the end um, against Iowa State. I, I think that was a little bit um, alarming if you're a Baylor fan. But K-State's performance was alarming. I mean, I'm not here to say that K-State is coming into this game riding high. What what I do feel right now, I mean, I think it's a pick em. The Vegas line, you know, you mentioned you know, two or whatever, opened up at a point and a half. That's essentially a pick em. That means these two teams are on, are on pretty equal ground. K-State has played a tougher non-con. Baylor started out the Big 12 schedule with a win. But I, I got to think that they'll establish the running game better in this one than they did against Oklahoma State. There's just I, I don't see any way that they're as bad running the football as they were in that game. Um, you know, it, it's going to come down to can you can you get that offense clicking in, in the passing game? I, I mentioned it earlier, but that the passing game has to be relevant, and, and the running game is obviously going to help that. It's obviously they go one and two um with each other so so yeah i mean i, I think k-state can bounce back at home in this one if i have to make a pick right now i'd probably pick k-state but i can see it going either way and um whoever wins the game i think it's going to be tight and and a really tough really tough fought game 
Steven, same question. What do you got in this one? Uh, I think Baylor takes it. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think that the uh, Baylor receivers, uh, I think the, that K-State does have some receiver problems. Uh, Baylor's got Denzel Mims and Taquan Thornton, who are both real speedsters. Uh, then they've got Chris Platt, who's a speedster, not as reliable in hands. But Thornton had like 11 catches for 141 yards last week against what I think is a pretty good Iowa State defense. Uh, Denzel Mims was over 100 yards and two touchdowns. And I think the receivers make a big difference. And then I also think that, you know, Rule's in his third year on this. And I think he's he's further along. I, I, I think Kansas State is further along than anybody expected them to be. But I think that they're probably still not installed like they want to be. But I think also I agree that it's – I don't see it being a real high-scoring game. Yeah, this is a tough game to pick. It it really is. And I'm not going to make a pick on it yet. We'll have a picks episode later. But it's, uh, I mean, Malik Knowles being out is a key factor. Uh, Baylor, pretty strong, gets the run. But who have they played? Uh, and same thing for, for Kansas State. Uh, um, you know, they, they played, they got the win against Mississippi State. But last week looked rough without Malik Knowles. So it's uh, it's definitely a tough one to pick. Yeah, I, I foresee a lower-scoring game. Um, I mean, honestly, kind of on par with what Kansas State and Baylor both played last week. Something in the something in the 20s. I just These are two – Baylor's is a bit surprising, but these are two good defenses. Uh, and they're two solid offenses, but they're two good defenses. They're not – hurry up. Obviously, K-State likes to huddle, which was uh, – watching that on Saturday was the weirdest thing I've ever seen because you're just not used to it in the Big 12 anymore. Um, but I think it's going to be – I think this will be a really interesting game. Uh, before we let you guys go, I do want to ask uh, Stephen one last question. Obviously, Matt Rule signed himself a, a very nice contract extension to keep him in Waco for a while. Um, how how big do you think that is, and and do you think this will quiet some of the Matt Rule to the NFL rumors? Yeah, I don't know if it will quiet any of the rule rumors, uh, but I think it's a big deal. The recruiting had uh, had reached a little bit of a stall point. And one of the reasons is, and I know that nobody ever talks bad about anybody else in recruiting uh, because it's <laughs> against the rules. But uh, you know that people were saying, hey, wh- why are you even talking to rule? He's going to be gone in a year. And this, this I think, quieted a lot of that. Uh, and it's also... This is just my opinion. You know, Matt Rule never confides in me or anything. But I think with the Jets thing last year, when, according to a lot of reports, he was just about ready to go because, you know, that's his neck of the woods. And then the Jets wanted to pick his staff. And he was, you know, and and I think he started looking and I think he kind of decided he likes college football and he likes being kind of the CEO of football operations as to, as opposed to being a cog, which a lot of NFL coaches are now. Uh, but the biggest impact, I think, is going to be on recruiting that because guys that were maybe on the fence because they didn't know who they'd play for know that Rule's going to be there. Yeah, I think it was a smart move. Um, I'll be honest, I think he was a, a good – it was a surprising at the time, but a good hire for Baylor, and he seems to have that program moving in the right direction both – 
on the field and and off of it so far. Stephen Riley, both have been fantastic. So for everybody who wants to check out the work you do, Stephen, how can everybody uh, follow you and your work? Follow uh, covering Baylor. Well, uh, I'm at Sikkim Sports. It's uh, own. Uh, it's a Yahoo site, so a lot of my stuff is behind a paywall. I'm on Facebook at Cook Photo Works, and I put some Baylor work up there in the Sikkim Sports Facebook page, and also on Twitter, Cook Photo Works. Riley, I know you guys do some great work over there at Go Powercat. You're my uh, you're my go-to for Kansas State. And for everybody who wants to check out that site and the work that you do, how can they do so? Yeah, just uh, head on over to GoPowerCat.com. We're on the on the 24/7 Sports Network. Really, uh, really proud of a lot of things we're doing. You know, much like much like he just said. You know, we a lot of stuff is behind a paywall. Um, a lot of stuff is VIP content because it's just that good. But one <laughs> of the fun things that I that I really like about uh, about 24 seven and being here is they really encourage to, to also have a, have a free, um, free content, uh, streamline going. And, and we really try to hit on that. So, you know, you go see today, we probably had, uh, four or five or maybe, you know, three, four, five, something like that VIP articles. Um, and then about an equal amount of free articles today after the uh, Chris Kleiman press conference. So a little bit of everything. And then, uh, I'm on Twitter at Riley underscore Gates and at, at go Powercat on Twitter. So everything's going to be there. And, um, you know, it's K-State, it's Big 12, it's everything. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with paid content. You want good stuff. It ain't. It doesn't come for free, folks. Like, let's just, that, that's how it works a lot of time now. I just want to say uh, thank you again to both of you. Good luck to both your teams. I look forward to watching this one on Saturday. Yeah, thanks, man. And thanks for having us. Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps us get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email. That's 1012podcast, T-E-N, number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.